welcome back to another episode of T-10, the show with 10-minute takes on the future of education and healthcare. I'm your host, Tim Fitzpatrick. On today's episode of T-10, you'll hear from Amr Patel, a kidney doctor who currently serves as director of Balboa Care at Balboa Nephrology out in San Diego, California. I had a chance to sit down and get to know Amr during my recent trip to Vienna conference, and I knew then that I had to have him on this show. Amr is a great example of why so many people are optimistic and excited about what's next in kidney care. As you'll hear in a minute, Amr wears quite a few hats. From one of the largest nephrology practices to one of the fastest growing value-based care partners and even running internal physician enablement to support his team of more than 60 fellow providers. If you want to connect with Amr or learn more about Balboa and Evergreen Nephrology, you'll find links in our show notes. Without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Dr. Amr Patel. Amr, it's good to see you again. Thank you for joining me on T-10. Hi, Tim. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure, and it's good to see you again so soon after my recent trip out to the West Coast. Um, really excited to have you on uh, for, for a lot of reasons, but definitely two in particular is that... Uh, you know, you're a young professional in nephrology. You happen to be really closely involved in, um, you know, two really important themes given your your tool set and kind of how you operate in kidney care. So if you would, please kind of give folks an idea of your background and obviously your, your current titles and roles where you serve. So um, my name is Amr Patel. I'm a kidney doctor or nephrologist in San Diego, California. I work for Balboa Nephrology Medical Group, which is a large nephrology practice in Southern California. Um, part of my role uh, being a 100% clinical is uh, dialysis unit rounds, hospital rounds, and office work. And um, I also am a medical director of one of the dialysis units that happens to be um, closer to the border in San Ysidro where I round on patients in dialysis. Um, outside of the clinical part, I am a director of Balboa Care, which is really um, something we do to improve physician efficiencies as well as patient experience. So creating easy buttons for physicians to improve overall quality of care uh, within Balboa Nephrology uh, Organization. And uh, I am also one of the medical directors of our joint venture with Evergreen Nephrology, where pretty much once a week we run uh, an IBT, or I'm a part of an interdisciplinary team with nurses, social work, dietitian, health coaches, uh, nurses, nurse care managers, and we uh, try to improve people's lives with uh, kidney disease. Amazing. And Amr, where are you? Where are you calling in from now? Are you in the, wearing a clinical hat today, or what? Are, what are you? I am uh, I am doing my clinical hat today. Right now, I am in the hospital, uh, Scripps Chula Vista, and so rounding on the inpatient service. And so that's the kind of one of the three clinical things I'm doing. Uh, well, you know, thank you for for making time for us. Obviously, there's uh, I feel like conversations with kidney doctors, and I appreciate you saying kidney doctor. It's it's nephrologist, kidney doctor. I know that's uh, even a sub hot topic, if you can call it that, within this this world. Um, I think it's one thing in particular that I, I you know, admire about 
you and your career path. And um, I'm just hearing a lot more of. So you mentioned three areas that we can kind of dig into as we think about where education fits into each of those just in the context of this conversation. Um, but I would like to kind of tee up um, and, and put some context around what each of these things has done. You mentioned interdisciplinary teams with Evergreen. You mentioned uh, kind of the, the breadth of the clinical side on Balboa, but then also thinking about the physician experience. And there are so many companies and stakeholders who are impacted by the different ways that organizations, and especially those three kind of hats you wear, uh, kind of how, how you think about your place in the world of kidney care. So I'd love to hear you maybe start with the the evergreen side, because this is certainly uh, an area that we're just hearing a lot more about recently. So please, if you don't mind, just give us an idea of why interdisciplinary matters and sort of how evergreen fits into your work at on the clinical side. Yeah, so essentially what's going on in, in the kidney care space is there's a lot of people that want to help. And um, it's an exciting time to be a physician that's in this space. Uh, there's a lot of external resources that we are kind of leveraging. And one of them is companies such as Evergreen that, you know, Balboa has ventured with to really improve care. Um, a lot of it is being termed value-based care. Um, that is something that we all care about as physicians, how to improve it. And so having an interdisciplinary team for all of our patients that are in this model of care where the practice is essentially risk sharing. So improving care and decreasing cost, that's how we improve value. And that's why it's called value-based care. Um, using all of these resources together with the nephrologist is paramount in really being successful. And so, you know, being in a lot of different scenarios, hospital, dialysis, office, um, having more support for us as physicians is what we need because there's only so much time in the day and um, basically outsourcing some of that time for specialists within a dietitian or, you know, helping with some social issues, whether it's getting medications or whether it's transportation. Some of these things some of us take for granted are big problems for patients. And so it's lifting, you know, you know, surfacing those problems and then dealing with them as a whole to take care of the patient. As I, a whole. Yeah, I appreciate you, you kind of doing the high level on value-based care because it is something we hear about often. And um, if, if you don't mind, the, the, the way you describe using that time and leveraging the time with external resources and allowing people to contribute because it is so critical, if we could draw a line to the education piece, because our conversations, you and I uh, in the past, and, and I, I know because from dietitians to pharmacists to social workers, you know, it's such an important thing to be able to communicate not only how that that individual, that health professional can help the patient, but also the context in that patient's life. As you point out, these little, the seemingly little things like access to transportation, for example. Um, can can you now kind of tie us into a day a day in the life of you know your day to day in clinical or what you've seen in talking to patients? Where does this new approach and having access to external partners and resources? 
where does that fit into how you think about education? Does it change it? Um, and then maybe just some of the barriers that you have seen in the past, either with or without the, that support. Yeah, I mean, I will start off by first and foremost, education is so needed on every stage of kidney disease, um, not just end stage kidney disease, but it's, it's needed the whole time. And because of this different scenarios of settings of where we practice, um, we, we as providers are seen from the pa patient as the educator. And as you know, not everyone is very well at educating because there's a lot of differences that come up in terms of how someone is educated. It's not just telling them something. It's a two-way street, right? You need a need to speak and listen and not all of our patients are able to do that there's also language barriers and then you, you can really go down the list which is a laundry list of things of the barriers to education and so more education at every aspect of our delivery needs to be improved physicians myself i take pride in that i spend time with my patients um and so a day in a life today, um, I'm seeing patients and, you know, someone happens to be a young woman that I spent probably 45 minutes just explaining that this is what the kidneys do. And unfortunately, her kidneys are failing and she may need dialysis in her near future. But I also want to spend time saying, look, you're working. You have a young child. Let's get you a donor. Let's get someone to get a transplant because you're otherwise healthy. And so that takes a lot of time. At the same time, I'm getting paged from my office about a patient that wants to go to the hospital for blood in their urine. Um, and, and, and so when you look at just the different ways physicians are pulled uh, in multiple directions, really one way to help that is I can guide someone that is experienced, whether it's a nurse, a nurse care manager, or a dietitian or a social worker to say, hey, look, this is actually what's going on. I need you to help me with this part of it. And so that could be something as simple as educating someone on transplantation in that process, because right now it comes down to the physician. And so creating these small bite-sized information um, of pieces of every topic, which there's, there's thousands really, but to, to have them view that or watch that or understand that while I'm not there is huge because most of people's times is not spent in front of me. It's spent away from me in a, in an office visit it may be 15 to 20 minutes in a hospital visit. It could be longer depending on what's going on with education of a family. Um, and so it's really increasing the time of education when I am not with you. And that's from someone that prides themselves on education and not everyone is the same. And I definitely have my own shortcomings in education. I appreciate the you sharing that. That story is you know so powerful. I, the personalization of the, the the messaging, the context of the patient and their own life and their personal goals and what they want and where they are. Um, yeah, I just I love that example because I've I've heard a lot of stories of patients who didn't hear about transplant until, you know, a certain point in their journey. And, um, you know, there are just a lot of scenarios where it seems like messages are not able to get across because those meetings are so infrequent. 
Uh, there are so many different care teams, you know, when you look, think about the care journey. I'm, I'm also glad you brought up the fact that it's not just all ESKD or kidney failure. It's earlier in the journey and there's a need for it kind of across the board um, because patients are in so many different scenarios depending on where they fall in that in that category. Could you, I think it'd, it'd also be helpful. Now, I know you mentioned Balboa has pretty broad coverage in, in Southern California. Um, uh, how large, can you talk about the practice just to give people an idea of kind of your, your partners in the practice, how many and yeah, so patients in, at Balboa Nephrology, um, there's about 55 physicians, um, a handful of APPs, and we essentially range from Orange County, which is a little bit south of LA, down to Mexico border, the, the Tijuana border, um, and as east almost to Arizona. And so we cover a large market area with as many doctors. Within our practice, we have a robust research organization where cutting edge research is occurring really with drug development or usage with clinical trials and partnering with companies. Uh, we also have a very um, busy access center by managing all of our end-stage renal disease patients, so primarily things with their fistulas or grafts, as well as PD catheter placements and percutaneous fistula. Uh, we also have our own you know, revenue or billing cycle team that helps the physicians do less. Um, so Balboa does everything, but we're a one-stop shop for nephrology. And, you know, one of the things that I love working for Balboa is the ability for all of us to find a niche and give more to the practice. And so not everyone is, ex everyone is expected or want is, you know, we need to do the, the baseline work. But from my example, um, you know, I have an interest in operations and helping all the physicians. And so there was a role for that to essentially help the chief medical officer and executive leadership to help understand what's happening on the front line. So there isn't that disconnect from management to, you know, what the physicians are doing. And, that, and that's kind of that easy button idea. Yeah, the the framing is is cool and interesting, right? Because it it sounds like enablement, which enablement is is entering a lot of other fields from you know software to tech to operations. But to think about the the internal as one of the largest practices in the country, certainly in your area, um, that that's such a huge piece, right? Because I would imagine your the number of patients you're talking to, the diversity of the patients you're talking to, the fact that you manage all different types of organizations within Balboa. Uh, I get to see how that's a really fascinating set of challenges for you to want to also kind of split your time thinking about how to help your your peers, your colleagues. Yeah, no, and, and, uh, and it's so, it's great in that sense because of its size and diversity of, sure. of what we do. Yeah. Um, Amr, I'd love to, I always love to wrap up by asking guests about their views on the future. And typically it's framed around what are you optimistic about now? I know we've spent a lot of time talking about education, but I, given that you clearly are very involved in two or three facets of kidney care, of patient care, um, of clinical medicine, and thinking about broadly thematically where this industry is headed, I'm, I would love to kind of hear from you both on the shorter term, so say a year 12 to 18 months, but also on that longer five to 10 years as an early career clinician, physician, 
Um, what are you excited about and what are the kind of themes or things that you're working on that, that kind of bring you that real sense of what's possible over that, those, those future time horizons? Yeah. I'm, I think a lot of what I do and what I try to do is in educating my expertise and in the near term, one of the goals I would like to do is educate more of my own staff from the person that is in the front office to the person that is, you know, doing the billing to pretty much all the physicians, like making sure we all know what goes into someone, someone's life with kidney disease. And so if we all know that and you understand that where patients are coming from and use that every touch point is an interaction or a potential to improve someone's life with the care we give, even if it's non-medical for that, for that fraction of a minute or second or a few minutes on the phone. Um, I think that's where we internally can really help. What I'm really optimistic about is how there's a lot of people external to what we do here at Balboa that is starting to care. And, and what I mean by that is these organizations that have quote unquote deeper pockets that are getting involved, but the way they are getting involved is so crucial. So crucial. They're getting involved with nephrologists to say, what do you think is the best way? And I think that's where it's exciting. People want to know from the physicians ways to improve, ways to educate, ways to get increased penetration to home therapies or transplantation, how to prevent hospitalizations. And so that, that connection between physicians in the driver's seat, as well as these deep pocket people, all it is is overall improved care. And there's a lot of entities that have been doing it with the primary care sector. And much of nephrology is a lot of primary care um, because of the frequency of visits. I can tell you that if someone is ESRD on hemodialysis at a center, I'm seeing them once a week. And uh, once a week sounds like a lot, and it is. Because if I take four weeks vacation and I miss a couple from being busy, you're talking about 40 times I'm seeing that one patient compared to a primary care doctor that's seeing them every three months, for example. And so that help and support that we are getting from these entities is, is really amazing. And it's really just fine tuning. So the short term is improving those operations. And the long term is we're going to have more people on dialysis that are at home. And we're going to prevent a lot more people from getting to dialysis. And if they do, get to end-stage renal disease, they're getting a transplant first. And that's the gold standard. And, and that's why um, I love what I do, because there's so much more of that. And I'm an early adopter. And so I like talking about this. I like reading about it. And I like learning about it to improve my own practice. Well, Amr, we, we're very grateful to, to have you be part of that early adopter crowd that helps us cross the chasm and and get the word out and doing things like this, by the way, goes a long way to helping us do that. And I just want to say thank you for, for all you do. I know you spend uh, a lot of time doing um, everything you can to, to improve the care that we're able to deliver to patients. And I, I appreciate it. So thank you for, thank you for joining us. Yeah, no, Tim, thanks for having me. Um, you know, more ways to, to touch more people is what I'm about. And I appreciate what you do. Um, I also enjoyed our conversation in, uh, over coffee and, um, 
and hope more to come. There will be. Where can people get a hold of you if uh, if they're listening and they want to learn more about uh, all the ways that you're you're supporting these organizations and patients? Yeah, um, I think my information is on my web, on our website at balboacare.com, and uh, you know I'm happy to leave some information on how they would if people want to directly connect with me. Uh, I've, I've strayed away from more social media networks, so I kind of just cut it down to LinkedIn. Um, Amr Patel. This is how you'll find me at Balboa uh, Nephrology. Perfect. We'll, uh, we'll include it in the show notes. Um, Amr, it's good to see you again. Hopefully I see you again soon. Yeah. Um, thank you for joining us. It was really good to have you. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Tim.